Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Live long and prosper. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles, next generation. I am Ron Kolick, your starship captain for the day. <laughs> With me, a lovely co-host, the Bond Bombshell Show herself. What happened to your hand? <laughs> Hi, everybody. And Carrigan. How are you? What is that? <laughs> Henna. Oh. Henna? You've is never seen Henna tattoos? Yes, I have. You did that big skull on me. Remember yeah. that spirit quest? Uh, it's just one of the many weird things that I do in conjunction with my face painting. I yeah, I mean, like, you had nothing tattoos. to do, so you just did henna? No, I've been doing henna pop-ups. So, um, different pop -up. local locations in East Bridgewater, and people so, come by and they so get like henna. So, like a street vendor? Kind of. Okay, cool. I just, I just, just put it out there uh, on Facebook and say I'm going to be... At Restoration Coffee, doing henna tattoos. Yeah, sometimes. Oh. <laughs> I might do pop-up ghost lectures. Okay. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Hi, but I'll be there. Yes. But anyways, I'll hey, tell everybody. you about ghosts. Nice to see you, and yep. I'll uh, happy New Year. We already did that. that boop, boop. Oh, this is the first video of the new. This year. is the first video. It's live video. It is like twenty-second of, of January. Yes, I know. But anyway, anyways, yep. so... We have a great show tonight, don't yes, we? Yes, we do. Right. We do. Somebody you know very well. Yes, you know, I've been trying to get this guy on the show for a while. Why? Right, what's and wrong with him? <laughs> what's wrong with him? Yeah, I didn't want to be on the show. <laughs> well, I'm going to introduce him, and then you'll find out why. Okay. So tonight, I would like to introduce uh, our local... He's not from East Bridgewater, but he's our local historian... <laughs> he is an author, and he's also a paranormal investigator. Welcome, Wayne and I. Thank you very Yay. much for having me. <laughs> Hello, everyone. That's a good English name, Nye, right? English, correct. Yeah. I like that. But the, re the reason that we were waiting so long to finally get Wayne on the show is because he's waiting for his book to be published. Oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> finally, it's here. What book? Yes. So. What book? This book right here. I can't uh, see it laying on a table. So, <laughs> this is uh, Wayne's brandy new book called Faces in the Window. And it is, uh, no. your face is not in there. It is not. <laughs> it is not. But uh, he's been waiting and waiting. And Wayne, tell us a little bit um, about what's been happening with this book. <laughs> it's been a year overdue. It was a lot of work, and I enjoyed every minute of it. And it, the book itself is based on the old Masonic building downtown on West Union Street here in East Bridgewater. Um, Mrs. Swift's Amore Antiques and Gifts is where it all started, and that's what started our ghost tour as well as our paranormal team, uh, Massachusetts Area Paranormal Society. Excellent. So it's where, where were you born? Uh, in Brockton. Yeah, I can tell. Stop it. He's got that accent. An a Bostonian accent. accent. He does. It's 
Yeah, but Brockton doesn't have an accent. He does? Well. Well, what? We all do if we're from Massachusetts. No, you don't. He does. <laughs> oh, I'm being told to hold up the book. Ta-da! There you go. There is the book. We're going to zoom in on the book. Really? See? I think it was. How you come see? I didn't zoom in on your henna? There you she go. She zoomed in on your henna. There you go. There's my henna. Oh, there okay. you go. Two at one shot. That's the book. <laughs> Faces Thank you, Russ. in the window. Thank you, Russ. Thank you, Russ. All right. All right. Can I put the book down now? Okay. <laughs> Excellent. So it has been a real labor of love. Correct. And so why did you write a book, basically? Um, Lori Parker, who was the proprietor of Mrs. Swift's Amore Antiques, I used to go to all the antique stores here in town locally, and her sister and her sister owned a house in Elmwood, actually, and that's where Lori's antique shop was at 741 Bedford Street. And her sister sold the house, and Lori disappeared from the area, and I couldn't find her. So one day I was down at um, Main Street Antiques in Plymouth, I and it. I was walking around. That place has a reputation, too, for being haunted. I I've bet. had a couple of things happen there. Mm -hmm. And I was walking upstairs on the second floor where they have cubicles that the uh, dealers rented. And all of a sudden, I was walking by this booth, and she stands up and scared the crap <laughs> out of me. And I'm like, what are you doing here? And she says, I'm looking for a new place to open a shop, so I'm renting a booth here. Ah. And then the next time I went there, she was gone, and I'm like, now where is she? Oh. So I stopped into uh, Elmwood Antiques, and they told me that she moved to the new location down on West Union Street. Mm -hmm. And I made my way down there, and as I rounded the corner of West Union and Central, I looked at the building, and I remembered when I was little driving by that with my parents. Really? going places and that building always stuck out in my mind mm -hmm. and I was like it was deja vu when I pulled up to the building oh, how cool. so I went into the shop and me and Lori became reacquainted and we are related distantly her right. her grandmother's sister married my great-grandmother's brother so we're distantly related that's a little confusing it but. is <laughs> And then Lori told me a story about two girls that had received the digital camera that lived across the street from the shop, and she had her front window that's on the cover of the book here, all dolled up for the Christmas season. And they took three pictures in sequence. It was late at night, and when they looked at the viewfinder, there were approximately 50 faces pressed up against the glass looking out at them. Oh, my God. So when Lori told me that story, I became obsessed with the building and I'm still obsessed with it. <laughs> so I started doing extensive research on the building and the area, mm -hmm. uncovering all kinds of things that a lot of people locally didn't even know, right. including the town historian. So we used to sh swap information and there was so much information that I decided to write this book. Wow, that, that is a lot. <laughs> it's over a lot that happened. <laughs> Three hundred pages and five hundred photographs, and mm. it's very in detailed mm -hmm. about all the different occurrences, paranormal occurrences there. Our historic ghost tour. There's a chapter that has the uh, East Bridgewater Christmas parade. Mm -hmm. So it's it and includes a lot of the businesses that are down in the center. We mention them because they're all friends with us. So it's a very interesting book. It's so funny that you should mention the old shop up on uh, in Elmwood. Mm -hmm. 
um, because I remember, oh God, I don't, I don't even know, at least 20, 20 plus years ago, mm -hmm. I remember going in there and uh, I may not even have had children yet, that's how long ago it was, and I remember talking to Lori and yeah. her telling me at that time about a picture that came flying off the wall one day and okay. that it was breaking. So, in, and this was before I was even, this was way before I was into the paranormal. So it was a very long time ago. Um, I remember having that conversation in my mind. And, uh, you know, after that, I think I had gone in maybe, maybe in that, you know, one more time. And then, yes, yeah, she was gone. So that house there. also had a reputation, 741 Bedford oh, Street, yeah. and they mm -hmm. actually have photographs that they took out into a hallway, and you can see something standing there in the picture. Oh, wow. So that yeah. is... Was that the one we went to? Uh, no. No, this is... This is... Where did we go? Uh, here, the, the shop? Yeah. That's the one where she is now. Oh, okay, fine. Uh, yeah, that's this the, one here that's on, Union on the cover. Street. Yeah, this is a show that we did on uh, iTunes and also on right. Toji that you can uh, listen to. Yeah. Uh, follow them in there. Yeah. On location, live audio. Exactly. Broadcast. That, that was a very long time ago. Mm -hmm. But that is a, that whole block. I mean, I think East Bridgewater in general has just, it's, it's part of the Bridgewater Triangle. I just think it's a mecca for hauntings. It's a very historic town. And I had a friend who lived, I think, two houses up from that old shop in Elmwood. Okay. And I remember growing up, she would tell me all the things that happened in her house. And definitely a, a, of that era, the house that she lived in as well. Not as nice a house. I think, uh, <laughs> I, think I know the house. Uh, I think it's 847 Bedford. Sounds right. It's opposite Cottage Street. Um, oh, not that far down, not that okay. far down. But I have been in that house as well. One of our one of our kids in the multimedia club used to live in there. Okay. And we were and we were in there. So uh, it's the whole that whole area is is one of the earliest areas I think. Yes. Of town. So, but the Masonic. So tell us about the It's the Masonic block. Like it was they called it, it the Masonic block. Yeah. It was built specifically for the Freemasons of Setucket Lodge of Ancient Free and Accepted Masons, which was instituted here in East Bridgewater in April of 1881. Mm -hmm. And this was their second Masonic Lodge building. The original was on North Central Street, and then they had this built after a major conflagration in 1886, destroyed the entire block, mm -hmm. consuming around four buildings. Yes. That was the church, too, right? Started with the church? That was years later. It's, there were that fires was. started in the foundry, and all the sparks flew over to the Methodist church and okay. took the church down. Okay. That was in uh, 1903. Ah, all right. But I even know your stuff. That's I'd be lost. <laughs> <laughs> I try to remember. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh my goodness. So when Lori moved into this shop, mm -hmm. um, how soon after did you did you find her? Had she just moved in or she'd been there for a while? Or? She had been there for a couple of months mm -hmm. 
and then someone from the Elmwood Antiques told me that she was there, so then I started frequenting that shop, and mm -hmm. after she told me about the faces that the girls had captured on their camera, mm -hmm. I became obsessed with the building, and <laughs> I was there. I drove by it every day, that's all I would talk about, mm -hmm. was the building, because I've never, when I was younger, I had seen a ghost, but the stories that she told me that had happened here in the building, mm -hmm. just, had my attention. It was like a big magnet drawing me to that building, and I wow. went by there every single day. Had you already had your paranormal group at that time? Or? Uh, no, we didn't. We did not. Uh, Massachusetts Area Paranormal Society wasn't formed until after we started taking pictures through the front window, and then my sister Crystal and her boyfriend Rick Holker um, started the team. Okay. So what? Uh what was happening when she moved in there? What happened? The, she saw the photograph that the girls took, and then she was in the bathroom cleaning the toilet out. There was nothing in it after she cleaned it. She'd come back. She'd find a quarter in the toilet. <laughs> the bathroom would be locked. Of course, the seat was down because it's a female owner that owns the shop. Uh -huh. She'd come in in the morning, unlock the bathroom, the toilet seat would be up. Ah. <laughs> um, one day we were there, there was a group of us in the store. It was Lori, myself, her grandson, and her son. And we were standing there talking, and there was a wicker Victorian basket on the floor, probably five feet from where we were standing. And we heard a noise and looked, and it went across the floor by itself, <gasps> hit this metal pan, and sent a metallic sound throughout the shop. Oh my God. Another, cool. another time we were there, there was a couple of customers. We were standing there talking. There was a loud, forceful oh. knock on the door, and there's two glass window panes, and you can see there's no one there. And she has a bell on the back of the door, so when you open it, the bell rings. We all looked. There was no one there. All of a sudden, the door flew open, and the bell was ringing like oh. crazy, <laughs> and there was no one there. Oh my that's pretty cool. So there's a lot of different things yeah. that have happened. So that was so, okay, right. So she was in that shop first. That's not the shop where she is right now. Oh, but yes. that's the shop where we went and we did the show. Correct. And then I remember, because didn't she give you the quarter? Yeah, and we used it for uh, psychometry. Right, yeah. right. You brought it to your paranormal study right. group. exactly. Right, because she's like, but you have to give it back. Yeah, I know, that was, that's you how I remember. As soon as she's at the toilet. Did you I give remember. it back? Of course I did. He, oh. he did, yeah. I was going to get he it right it now. Me. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a quarter. Wait a minute, I'll get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, she, yeah, she had a talk room into it, but <laughs> she did it. So how do you discern between spirits that are haunting the place and, and spirits attached to the, all the, the stuff that she has in the an antique place? Um, that question, I think, is a little difficult to decipher. I mean, a lot of the energies that I believe that are in the building, we had two psychic mediums come there, and we actually did a paranormal investigation there of the entire building. And many of the spirits that were there were attached to the building. Some of them are there all the time. Some come and go. Different ones come and go. Um, there was no residuals that the medium came up with. They were all intelligent haunts that were there. Mm -hmm. hmm. So, I mean, as far as 
items, things can be attached, like the two paranormal vest investigators came into the shop and there was a trunk, that an old steam trunk that belonged to a gentleman, Lewis Haywood, that took his life in Elmwood in 1895. And his name was on the bottom of the trunk and I was telling them the story and they had their EMF detector and it was going crazy around this trunk. So we moved it to another location and went back to the area where the trunk was and the EMF detector was not going off, but then when they went back to the trunk, it was going crazy. So they actually purchased the trunk. That's a good way to sell stuff. So. How, how do you know about the provenance of, of, of pieces of merchandise, like the trunk, for instance? I know they have the name on it, but how do you know who that person was? Well, through research that I have, I have extensive research on the town, and I actually have the article when he took his life in the woods up on West Street in Elmwood. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, I mean, a lot of the items, some we know where they came from. There was another well-known uh, person in town, Francis Foley, that lived a couple doors down from the shop. And when he passed, Lori and I went down to the house, and she purchased a lot of things and brought them back to the shop. And the following day, we were at the shop, and a real cold spot, a cold mass went by us. Mm. So she got the EMF detector. We followed it to the front of the store and then to the back of the store, and it dissipated. There was an um, antique typewriter that we used the EMF detector on, and it was going crazy. Again, we moved this piece to different areas, and the EMF detector was still going crazy. And a girl actually came in the shop the next day, and she goes, oh, my boyfriend would love that. He likes antique typewriter So she explained about the energy with the EMF detector. And she goes, I don't care. We like that. So she sold ah. the uh, typewriter. <laughs> of all the things that came from that house that Lori bought, all we have left is a mirror. All the other things that she purchased from his estate oh, wow. sold within that week. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like what you do. I mean, doing the research, a lot of groups don't really do the extensive research that you do, mm -hmm. and also even the, the little test with the EMF meter moving an object from one place to another. Uh, so I, yeah, it's, it's impressive, yeah, mm -hmm. what you do. Yeah, all the uh, paranormal investigations, Lori's the caseworker, she'll get all the information and the details from the family, and then I usually pull the deeds and do the historical research on the properties <clears throat> because we work with a psychic medium, so when we're on the investigation videotaping, I usually go with the uh, cameraman Wayne Forney and the psychic medium and if she comes up with something that I found during my research I'll reveal it at that point. Oh, that's a great idea. And we again we videotape all the investigations so we have we can validate it on film. I always like to do in the research part of it. Yeah that's, the, mo that's the most fun. That was my well it wasn't my favorite part I liked all of it. But yeah. I liked making the connections. Yes. Um, you know, so that that made it even more interesting. And I so I know so my friend Heather yes. now has my art and souls in that Correct. old shot shop. What? Uh, she has an art it's she's an artist. She has yeah. uh, art classes and things. Art and souls. My art and souls is the name of the business. Oh, okay. So uh, so she's a good friend of mine, but she's she is a riot. She's terrified. <laughs> It's funny I'm how that shop. It's funny how she got the name of the shop though. Mm -hmm. So when Mrs. Swifts and Moores moved from there to the other side of the building where Earl's Antiques was, Heather moved in. Right. 
and Lori let the cat out of the bag that the building was haunted. <laughs> so the original name of Heather's shop was um, Boston Funworks. Mm -hmm. And then when she saw, found out that the building was haunted, she changed the name of her shop to My Art and Souls okay. in memory of the spirits in the building. Mm -hmm. But when she's in there, and we always try to scare her, <laughs> she'll be in there. She always has the door open, no matter how cold it is, how <laughs> yeah. hot it is. Yeah. And like Lori has the set of keys to the shop, so we'll sometimes we'll sneak in the back uh -huh. hallway and into the back room, and she'll come out there and we'll scare her. Oh, you're awful. But she does it to <laughs> she does it to us too. So we have fun. We have fun. Oh, she's so a great funny. person. Oh, she is. I just I love her to death. And every time I go down there, she's like, "Bring your recorder." I'm like, "Okay." So I just throw it on the table. Yeah. And and you know I'll listen to it later. Do you get anything? Uh, not yet. Okay. Not yet. There was there Fair was enough. one night I heard. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Just something something funky, but couldn't discern what it was. But uh, yes. <laughs> so the tradition continues. And I should actually, have you ever talked to Rose Culp? Because Happy Fox yes. used to be in there, too. She had a lot of stuff go on when she was in that uh, location. I actually talk about, we stop at her location now on Central Street. Mm -hmm. And I mention what occurred in her old shop when she was in the Masonic building. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of local businesses in there. Oh, that's funny. There was also two undertakers in there, which a lot of people never know. Huh. Mm -hmm. In the back of the uh, where Laurie shop is now, right. back in the early 1900s. Yeah. It's it's very cool. You'll have to, we will have to go into the newer place, the shop you have not been in yet, because in the back. So now I'm totally confused. Well, so she was in Elm where we Street. did um, Elmwood. That's a section of East Bridgewater. Yeah. Then she moved down here to Union Street. Union Street. That's the one we building. went into. Yes. Okay. Um, it was very small. And then she yeah, moved yeah, into a bigger place. Oh, okay. After. So we're talking about a totally different yes. place now. It's two in the same places. building. Yeah. The one it's where you two came that night yeah. for the radio broadcast. It's all connected. But isn't it wasn't the, the original shop that, that I went to didn't it have the Masonic Temple above it? It, 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 years ago, it yeah. left there in 1982. It was upstairs in the building. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm. Yes. Uh, so you no longer have access to that now. To the Masonic, where the Masonic Temple was. Well, it's a private club, so uh -huh. we we used to have a key to the front doors. Yeah. When they had to pay their rent, we could go upstairs and leave the check. But then, I guess they were having issues, so they put cameras and alarms, and so we no longer have a key. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Club that. <laughs> My type of club, it's I called think. the International Club. Is it really? Yes. Mm, that's sweet. the name of it. Yeah, it's private. Do you have like secret handshake or <laughs> No, but they've they've brought at Christmas time they would do tours. Yeah, the Christmas open house, yep. and they'd let us give tours of the upper floors. And it's a very cool place up there. Yeah. The attic school. I've never been to the attic. Very cool. But I've heard about it. <laughs> But live people or dead people? Regardless. From I heard about the attic from live from live people, oh, okay. not from dead people. Okay. I don't it's talk curious. to dead people. <laughs> Every, I work with so many mediums, I always ask them, are we talking live people or dead people? No. <laughs> oh my goodness. But so the undertakers who are in her current space. Mm -hmm. uh, Was there a funeral parlor there? Yeah. They used to handle the bodies there. They would sell the 
the uh, caskets and the funeral robes, so they would process bodies there. So they were in Barma? Correct. Okay. There was um, Prophet and Flynn, which is, Prophet is now on Spring Street at the rear of the building, but they originally opened up a branch of their business there in 1902, mm -hmm. and they were there for a year, and then in 1908 there was a David Ross Drake that had an establishment there from January until October, and actually I just purchased his original sign that he had when he was in the Masonic building. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's, nice. uh, and we actually, actually have his photograph too hanging in the background. Oh, that's cool. It's, it is a very, very cool, they've, they've got it all set up like a Victorian parlor. That's what she, yeah, she calls it the Victorian parlor, that's yeah. where. Yeah. She's done a really, really... She does her table tippings there yeah. with uh, Kate McCooch, who's a psychic medium. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The um, Titanic, you know, what sank a lot of people that, that died, right? Yeah. So they sent out a ship to uh, process the bodies because it, at that time there was a law you couldn't bring unprocessed bodies into port. Ah. But they only came with 100 coffins. And wow. you know how many people died there, yeah. right? So what they did is when they, they got the bodies, if you were a first-class uh, passenger, they embalmed you, put you in a coffin, and, and that if you were a second-class passenger, um, you were uh, embalmed and put on ice. Uh -huh. And then if you were below that, you were buried at sea. Oh, I actually so have a list from that. The McKay Bennett that recovered the bodies. Yep. It's a copy of the list with all the bodies and Francis Millett from town is actually on there. Really? List mm -hmm. the details of what they found on them as far as currency yeah, that, or they ranks. They wrote all that down, yeah. 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 Which is pretty, pretty interesting. interesting stuff yeah. We don't, you know, we, that's yeah. what you love about it. I'm sure that's what you love about research. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's the history of the way things were done at that time and everything. And he's, I'm sure he was a first class passenger. Yes, oh uh, yes. And Francis Davis Millett so he's buried right here in Central Cemetery. Uh, went down on the Titanic here in little old East Bridgewater. We actually have a um, violinist at his grave during the tour, Matteo Silva, who played the violin this year. Oh, cool. um, and while he was playing at the grave, he plays Nearer My God to Thee at uh -huh. the grave during the tour. There was actually we don't know what it was. It was a big mass that came up from behind the stone. We got it on video. One Ooh, of the uh, cool. one of the patrons. He's playing, and mm -hmm. it comes right up from the family grave, which is a huge plot, mm -hmm. and goes right between the violinist and the gentleman that we have playing the Undertaker. It goes right between them, and we have it on video. Oh, when you say video, was cool. it infrared video or regular video? No, it was somebody captured it on their cell phone, and video. then they forwarded yeah. forwarded it to us, it. and we posted it. Wow. It was pretty interesting though. That is amazing. Yeah, because you have to be careful with thermal or infrared video mm -hmm. at times because some of these masses are explainable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, do we want to take, yes. speaking of the news, <laughs> cemetery. Uh, we're not going to do cemetery tripping today, but we do have a very special paranews. Paranews. Uh, from Paranormal Nate. From Paranormal Nate. So we're Ace just gonna Ace reporter. Yeah. We're just gonna take a little break and go to Paranews and we'll be back in a moment.
Derek Okora, a popular English TV psychic medium and former guest medium on the British paranormal reality series Most Haunted from 2002 to 2005, died at the age of 69 on January 3, 2020, upon being treated for pneumonia in the hospital, where he later contracted and died from sepsis. The youngest of three children, Okara was born Derek Francis Johnson on January 27, 1950. His father, a cook for the Merchant Navy, was often away, and the family lived with his grandmother near Liverpool's port. At the age of six, Derek encountered the spirit of his grandfather at his grandmother's home. At that time, he didn't realize that he was seeing a spirit person, but when speaking with his grandmother upon what he had seen, she realized that Derek would carry on with the gift that she had and would work for the spirit. Although as a boy, youth, and young man, Derek's interests lay in the arena of football and went on to have a successful career in professional football. He played for his home team, the Liverpool FC Reserve Squad, and later in Australia until his late 20s, where a serious leg injury forced him to leave the sport. In the mid-80s, he met Sam, his spirit guide, whom he previously known 2,038 years earlier when they both lived in Ethiopia. Sam had saved Derek's previous incarnation from a village feud fight. Sam reassured Okora that all would go well during his first television appearance on the satellite TV channel Granada Breeze in 1996. Two Granada regulars, Yvette Fielding and Derek Okora, went on to feature in the paranormal TV show Most Haunted on Living TV. After his 2005 departure, other television works include Derek Okora's Ghost Towns, where Derek would visit haunted towns to help rid of locals of evil spirits in Paranormal Egypt, which used a mix of historical and paranormal investigations to uncover Egypt's mysteries. In 2003, Derek, along with his wife Gwen, began being patrons of Pathfinder Dogs, a charity which raises, trains, and provides guide dogs to the blind in the UK. They loved to get involved whenever they were able to. In front of me are two books. Uh, from my small paranormal library that Derek took part in and wrote the forwards to. The following are just some of the tributes that people are left in social media upon hearing of Derek's passing. Shannon Sylvia, he gave me a reading for a few minutes and it was incredible. Rest in peace, Derek. Ron Kolick, one of the most interesting men I ever spoke to. I will miss him. Dave Schrader, Derek was truly a favorite guest. Funny, gracious, and kind. Godspeed, my friend. Richard Felix, I am absolutely devastated. My thoughts are with Gwen. God bless you, Derek. Phil Weinman, I awoke to the news that my old pal passed away. I have so many great memories of working with him. Yvette Fielding, our condolences go out to Derek's family at this time. Gwen Okora Johnson, farewell, my love. I'll miss you forever. I'm a great believer in as you are here, so you will be when you leave the physical body. I feel so, so uh, minnow and yet feel so great. It gives me a great sense of satisfaction that this can be achieved. I'd never have believed a number of years ago that, you know, I find myself in situations, in investigations with the most haunted team um, to have the sheer pleasure of, you know, actually communicating with these very, very famous people.
And I think it's just, wow, it's the greatest reward in the world to me. And also, in the conversations of being so kind enough, um, to be told something by someone of great history, something so personal, I just want to pinch myself sometimes. God bless Derek. Yeah. Poor fellow. He's one of my favorites from the show, actually. Uh, yeah. He was, in fact, he was supposed to be on the, the international show the next month. It was just, he died in, in January. He's supposed to have been on in February because Steve knows I'm a big fan of his. Aww. Yeah. Well, that's He got those t shirts signed by him. Ooh. Mm. Never watched that even again. I never did it. <laughs> <laughs> Did well, I tell you I was touched by Joan Jett? Um, no. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I've never watched that. Yeah. Oh, that's Ever. gross. <laughs> nice. It's only a little thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's get back to ghosts. Oh, okay. We need to get back to the ghosts. Is she alive or dead? Joan Jett? Yes. <laughs> She's doing a She's show. She's still alive. She's doing a show, actually. She's alive and kicking. She's going to be at uh, either Fenway or... or uh, Joy. You don't like Jet? Like her. Like her. Yeah. Okay. Man. I want to talk to Wayne. I don't care about We already talked to her for a half hour. Oh, stop it. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, Joan. So, as a result of all your, your mm. research and your investigations, mm -hmm. so something else stemmed from that, which was your, your tour, your ghost tour. Correct. So, can you tell people a little bit about what that encompasses? The ghost tour is a two-mile walk. It's about two and a half to three hours. Um, we have approximately 12 costume characters, which are all dressed by Laurie Parker, who's oh, the proprietor cool. of Mrs. Swift's and Moore's, and she also sponsors the tour and sells the tickets. <laughs> I am the narrator, and all of us working together have created the incredible tour. We've had we have one character that's been with us since the beginning, which is Reggie Estes, oh. who lives across the street from the shop. He plays um, Father Kelly on the tour, which was a priest from St. Bridget's Church, where the East Bridgewater Public Library stands. It was once a church there. Mm -hmm. um, so the characters change every couple years. People have to go off to school or they leave for different reasons. Are they based on real characters? They are. Oh, All the characters are based cool. on people that lived in town about a hundred years ago. Uh, mm -hmm. Paul Coletti, Laurie's husband, plays Constable Roundville and he looks similar to the constable from back then. And he's along the tour road. He shows up sporadically along the route. Um, we have a gentleman, Alan Giles, from town whose great-grandfather actually advocated the enactment of laws to prevent premature burial, and there were a lot of local cases, so he <laughs> plays the role of the undertaker mm -hmm. at the morgue that we have set up in the Victorian parlor in the back room of Mrs. Swift's and Moore's. Um, it's quite a tour. Each year it gets better. We try to implement different uh, things as much as we can. You can't really change the history, okay. but all the research, which was incredible, fell into place. So. One day we went for a walk, and all the places that we walked by, I had something on to tell. Mm -hmm. So when originally when we started, um, 
we, the tour route was different, and then we cut it, cut parts out to make it quicker. But depending on the size of the group, right. it still takes a little long. We did change it a little bit this year, where we cut across the historic common instead mm -hmm. of walking all the way back down Central Street to the beginning of the cemetery. So we shortened it a little bit, but it's still um, phenomenal. We have nothing but positive reviews and comments about the tour. Awesome. What does the tour run? When? Well, it's usually the uh, second to the last week of September, and we just extended it to the second week of November um, this year. And unfortunately, Lori had a heart attack on the last mm -hmm. night of the tour on November 9th. Mm -hmm. um, she's coming along great, so we're hoping that she'll, she'll be back. I think she will, because she's been stopping in the shop for a couple hours doing things. So um, we're anticipating the tour again this year, which will be the unlucky number third. I mean, the 13th <laughs> year of the tour, and all the characters are looking forward. Everybody looks forward to it each oh, year, yeah. the characters. And on the last night, everybody's all melancholy because mm. it's done for the year, because everyone gets along so great during yeah. the tour. We, all, we have a blast. She's feisty. So, She's going to bounce right back. Yeah, she'll be back. I have a strong feeling you, she'll be back. You're watching this, Lori. She's watching. No, you are going to come back. She'll be back. There's no way you're going to give that up. No way. When do tickets go on <laughs> sale for this? Um, usually the week before we uh, start the tour, mm -hmm. she sells them out of the shop, mm -hmm. and you can either call or stop, and you've got to um, purchase the tickets in advance so we know how large the groups right. are. The largest group we had on the tour since we've been doing it is uh, 50 people. Oh, wow. God bless you. We can handle it. I mean, I have a big mouth. <laughs> and you can hear me, but as far as crossing the street, like Route 18 is kind of dangerous. Yeah, it's a little dicey. Uh, <laughs> but it's like a flash mob. Yeah. And usually, really, right? for the past couple of years, when you purchase your tickets, your name goes in a drawing to spend an overnight in the Lizzie Borden house, as one of Lizzie Borden's lawyers oh. is buried here in Central Cemetery. Sweet. Born here in East Bridgewater, and he's buried here. So, wow. the past couple years we've been doing the overnight stay, to, you know. Well, that's very cool. Keep what, in his memory yeah. as being a lawyer for her defense. Who, would you? What was his name? Arthur Sherman Phillips. Oh wow. He was one of the five that defended her, and oh the case God. actually haunted him the rest of his life. Forty years oh. after the case, after she was acquitted, mm -hmm. he was still writing letters to Holmans Robinson, the chief defense lawyer proclaiming Lizzie's innocence. So that that uh, trial, he was young when he was one of the lawyers. Mm -hmm. I think he was 25. Mm -hmm. That haunted him the rest of his life, that trial. Oh, my God. So Wow. That's pretty cool. It is. Right in East Bridgewater. We're so famous. We have famous people here. Oh, the, so the <laughs> town's full of rich history. It's, it ought oh, to be it a touristy is. town. Yes. It ought to be a touristy yeah. town. I mean, everybody brags about Salem. Mm -hmm. But if all the little businesses got together and did something Maybe here, you killed a couple history. witches. You might be able to get up there, but you know. <laughs> I mean, when I went there. I wasn't impressed when I went to Salem. I mm -hmm. mean, that's where I got my cloak and my staff and my top hat oh, that yeah. I do the tour with here. But East Bridgewater is rich in history. And mm -hmm. mm. There's some good places in Salem. I'd stay away from Salem in October. <laughs> I'd I rather go there a lot of any other time of the year, but no thank you to October. It's just yeah, it's crazy. Packed. It's just crazy and this yeah, it's it's off the hook. It's like it's like 
Mardi Gras, you know, Tell me yeah. about it. drunken people. I did it for 13 years. I know. Huh? Yeah, I, I went a couple times. And that, that's when I said, no more. No more. No mas. <laughs> no mas. No I only went that once. So I keep looking over here on the, we have a big, the big chapters of the book over here next to Wayne. What is the candle experiment? Oh, that's is, cool. I was going to bring that, that up. That's about? good. The candle yeah. experiment. We tried, like, energy as a conductor. I mean, running water as a conductor for energy, so as in a burning candle. Mm -hmm. So I tried an experiment where I took a, an old window shade that we found above the sailing in Laurie's shop. It was a little, like, secret storage area, and we found all kinds of things up there. And we hung it in the back hall where there used to be a double set of doors, and when they renovated the building, that they made it into a single door. So I would go there around midnight, and I'd put this shade up, and I'd put dolls on the floor in front of the shade, and I would light a candle, and I would sit there, and I'd start reciting names of the businesses and people from the Masonic building in the past. Mm -hmm. And I'd feel a cold breeze, and then the candle would start flickering, so I'd snap pictures. Mm -hmm. And in the photographs, you can actually see other figures in the heat trace. Like it's pulling the heat trace from the candle, and you can see figures in the different photographs that I took. Oh, wow. And every time I did that, I could hear stuff moving around behind the shade, but I never got up to look because ah. I didn't want the shade falling on the candle. Right. right. Good idea. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so that's what the, and I actually did that in uh, Chapter 8, The Unexpected Visitor. Mm -hmm. She was having a psychic medium Halloween Eve upstairs in the building. And I, Lori and I went upstairs and cleaned for the show. Mm -hmm. She went back down to the shop as it was open, and I lit a candle in the center of the hallway, and I was squatted down taking pictures. Something actually, I couldn't see it, but it came down the hall and hit me with such force on my right shoulder that I flew backwards, and the camera went flying. Oh, my God. And I didn't know what was going on, so I grabbed the camera, and I looked back at the um, viewfinder, uh -huh. and there was a large purple orb, it, I snapped the photograph just in time. It mm -hmm. was almost out of the picture, and it's actually a huge picture in the book under chapter Yeah, I just want to oh show goodness. this again. That wow. uh, Can we zoom in on this, uh, Russ? This is what we're talking about. This is uh, Wayne's book, Faces in the Window, East Bridgewater, Mass. It's an awesome book. Uh, you know, it's got, this one I'll open up to, it has, I will show <laughs> something I will show. But, you know, it has like even the, I mean, I just want to flash through the pictures and stuff that's in this thing. There are 500 pictures. 500 pictures. 500 pictures in this book. Really easy to read. Has a lot of cool stories in it. And uh, this is uh, Wayne's put a lot of work into this. It's all been, uh, some of these pictures are unbelievable. They're, they're vintage. Mm. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. you, would you find that There's some of the antique vintage photographs. A, lo a lot of the information in there took me years to find. Mm -hmm. right. um, then I borrowed some of the uh, Worshipful Master photographs, or I actually took photographs of them at the Masonic Lodge mm -hmm. to go into the chapter um, under the Setucket Lodge, which is the history of the Masonic Lodge here in town, which is no more. Mm -hmm. They uh, closed due to membership, and they joined the Mother Lodge, Fellowship Lodge in Bridgewater. Oh, wow. That's too bad. Well, it's just 
so much information and if if you're local and you are on Facebook at all <laughs> Wayne posts historic pictures every single day throughout the day and there's always something um, and you got a lot of stuff you inherited a lot where, where of stuff. Where does he post these on Facebook? Um, uh, so you know you're from East Bridgewater yeah. F and it's all historical pictures and people's memories of the town. Mm -hmm. So I, for about a year, I think a year, I lose track, but been flooding it with old photographs yeah. from my own collection and um, old newspaper clippings of things that happened that a lot of people don't know about the town. Mm -hmm. It's on. The, is it on the East Bridgewater Hub as well? I was posting it on there, but it's a lot of work to go back and oh, forth. Okay. And more of the people that have the historical interest are on, you know, you're from East Bridgewater, right. if rather than the hub. The hub's more like a. Mm, yeah. Lost dogs and. Yeah, stuff like that. Complaining and. Things, <laughs> yes, yeah, things Venting. for sale. No. Oh, my goodness. But but I, I find really fascinating, and um, you've had a whole run of like yearbook pictures. Yes, lately, the old. Like old photographs. Photographs from yearbooks. And one of the pictures was actually, uh, we have, so we have senior volunteers here as well as student volunteers. So one of our senior volunteers, Shirley, uh, it was a picture of her mother, I believe, Shirley Brigham's mother. Um, oh, yes. I the maiden name. Um. Uh, but it was really funny because as soon as I saw the picture, her, her granddaughter is in our multimedia club. And as soon as I saw the picture, I'm like, oh, my God, that's, that's Emily. And it, the Im, it was the spitting image. Was it Morton, um, the last name? Oh, I can't remember. I know the picture you're talking about. Yeah. Because I remember she wrote in. She looks identical, identical. I, I thought, oh, my Lord, that's amazing. And well, even Shirley said, I've, ne I've never realized how much she looked like her before. A lot of those photographs actually came from uh, the late Margaret Alexander, who mm -hmm. was a town historian's collection, right. um, which I acquired, and I've been sharing them, you know, with a tribute to her, courtesy yeah. of her, yeah. on the uh, website. And a lot of the pictures I've never even seen myself. There was a lot great. of rare photographs that I have never seen. Yeah. So everyone's enjoying them like she would have liked everyone to. Yes. I, I, so. I think that is so wonderful, and I know people are enjoying them. I'm enjoying them, uh, and they have old Robin's Pond pictures. Oh, Robin's yeah. Pond used to be a big, used to be a big deal. You'd come down from the city, and on the trolley, and go out to the pond, and they had cabins and Ferris wheel, merry-go-round. Yeah. It yeah. was quite the place. It was it was a big deal to go down to Robin's Pond. <laughs> But uh, a lot of tragedies there too. Yes. Over the year, a lot of people drowned there in the uh, pond. Yeah, and wasn't so the the Wallendorfs. Walshendorf. Walshendorfs. Didn't um, one of them, or she ended up in a, her head in a trunk the, or the something? The suitcase murders back Ew. in 1923, yeah. where she went to Boston for an illegal procedure, and they gave her too much anesthesia and. They killed her, so they had to get rid of the evidence oh. because the doctors were well known. So they chopped the body up oh and put it God. into suitcases and threw it in the Merrimack River. That's up near you. Yeah. Wow. So it was quite it was quite the story. Oh, 
Yeah, they've wow. been in a lot of bodies in the Merrimack River. Oh, I bet they Drake are. Drake at the Edgeley Murders, so this kid to his wife chopped her up and put her in the river. Oh, wow. Threw her in the river. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, it's just so many things happened, like even in a little small town. Yes. Oh, there was it's, a lot of stuff that happened here in town. Yeah. You can't, I can't post everything on <laughs> No. You know, on the website, but there's a lot of things that happen that people don't know about with mm -hmm. the Sheldon murder. Oh yeah, Kimball Sheldon. Yes, yep. Margaret told me all about that. Yes, that yep. was quite a story as yep. well. She and she was amazing. And she, when we first started investigating uh, the town hall, mm -hmm. she would come. Yeah. And uh, I was there with uh, Bay State, Bay State Paranormal. Okay. A friend of mine, uh, Lizzie, used to run that. And I, God help, God, I mean, she was a trooper. It's like midnight, you know. Yeah. No, uh, you know, they'd, everybody had a key in those days. You can, <laughs> the old, old town hall was like a birthright. It's like, oh, I need to get a key to town hall. Yeah, I do too. And you just pop in. And, but uh, yeah, she would come and let us in. She was a great lady. She actually she accompanied us when we investigated the Washburn Public Library in Dr. Bannerman's house. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she, she had a blast. Oh, yeah. She had a blast. She was yeah. a great woman. Yeah, And that's another haunted location um, where our Council on Aging now stands. I don't know if it's still haunted. Well, um, I know when they were renovating it, they had a fence around it, and I walked in to take pictures on the outside and the guy said you can't come in here this is a hard hat area I said I'm taking pictures for historical purposes mm -hmm. and I said we also did a paranormal investigation here did you find anything I said yes he goes wait a minute don't tell me he goes upstairs in the right bedroom ah. I said yes <laughs> and when we walked in that room on the investigation it was so oppressive in there we had to turn around and mm -hmm. walk out of that room and we were standing in the hallway and there's like a small butler's stairs that went down to the kitchen and something went down those stairs Ooh. and we looked and I mean it was full of cobwebs mm -hmm. I mean black cobwebs mm -hmm. but something you could hear it going down the stairs and so we went through the cobwebs Ooh. and downstairs and there was nothing there wow. but they had a lot of tools disappearing and things being yeah. moved yeah. I don't know yeah. if they have but we were supposed to be invited back to do another investigation after the um, senior center moved in Mm -hmm. But we were never called. But a gentleman called me when we did our first investigation there. He l actually lived in the District of Columbia. That was the caller ID number on my phone. And he mm -hmm. said, I saw my grandfather's house on your website. And he said when they lived there, this was back in the 30s, mm -hmm. I guess his grandmother was doing the... Um, preserves or something it blew up and burnt her face Ooh. so they had to cover all the mirrors with cloth so she couldn't see herself oh. years later they sold the house and they were driving by because they still had rel relatives in town and he said to his mother oh if I buy the house do you want to move back in she goes there's something wrong with that place I would never move back <laughs> in there so for years oh, there was things goodness. going on there and Wow. Today, I, I'm certain they're. I mean, there's energy. The energy's okay. not going to disappear, as mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, right. Well, a lot of Native American, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that was a, a big spot for them. Uh, so I understand that. Yeah. I can understand that still being there. It's not going to leave. Um, and of course, King Philip's War was all over. Yes, exactly. All over the place here. But, uh, and they <coughs> burned. Excuse me. 
you know, um, there's a stone down at the edge of that field uh, by the Council on Edging, Aging. The Robert um, Latham house, yeah, the, I think. The, so the houses were burned there. Mm -hmm. So who knows who died in that. Uh, all very, very historic, this whole, whole area. So I want to go back to the, the antique shop again. Has Laurie ever had anything in there that was so repulsive that she didn't want it? I mean, no. No. She, both of us are Reiki too, so she'll cleanse everything yeah. when she brings it into the shop. So we ha we've never had. I mean, one lady bought a, um, I believe it was a trunk there, and brought it home, and she said that there was a little girl attached to it. They saw a little girl in their house. Mm -hmm. But how they know it came with the trunk, I don't know. But they said once they brought the trunk home, there was a little girl in that really? house. Mm -hmm. But we've never had, I mean, when we did the investigation, which is in one of the chapters of the, uh, chapter 10, the investigation was a little nerving in some of the well, areas of the building. Talk about a little bit about yeah. some of the nerving things. Got a few more minutes, um, There was oh, one, yeah. uh, we went into a closet. It was a walk-in closet. and. There was a inverted pentagram in red on the wall, which none of us had ever seen before. And the psychic was looking at it, and then she turned in the opposite direction. She says, I don't like this wall. It's hiding something. And then she ran from the closet, and I've never seen her act like this before. And she goes, I don't like that wall. It's hiding something. And she said, they're mad at you. You discovered too many of their secrets. I said, well, what is their name or what is his name and she goes I don't know it's Beelzebub and she kept saying it oh, and I'm like what is Beelzebub and right when I said that she goes I don't know I think it's a devil's name the cameraman said something just whispered Satan in my ear oh. and then she said to me there's something standing behind you with horns and hooves so I turned and took a picture into the closet, and there was a large landscape print on the wall. Mm -hmm. And on the left-hand side of the picture, you can see this big face. And it's, it, the picture's actually in the book. You can see this big face looking out of the picture, manifested on the glass. Ooh. But the, yeah, there was some, Funky you know. stuff. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Oh, my god. So if people want to get this book, how can I get it? How can they get it? Yes, they can stop into Mrs. Swift's and more antiques. I Where am, is it? It's at uh, 16 West Union Street here in downtown East Bridgewater. I am there on Sundays from 1 to 5, and I mean Saturdays from 1 to 5, sorry, and Sundays from 9 to 12. Or you can message me on Facebook, and I can drop one off, or we can also mail them. You know, there's going to be postage and on that, but the, the books are $50, but well worth the money. There's yeah, 500 a lot of photographs, just think of that. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the information in there took me years to find, so it's very well written. I'm not just saying that because I wrote <laughs> it, but all the feedback from everyone that has purchased one so far said the book is incredible. When are you going to write another book? Mm -hmm. So it's well worth the uh, money, and you get a actually a uh, bookmark to go with it, your choice of a bookmark. Lori had uh, these postcards made of different uh, photographs, so you actually get a bookmark to go with it. And oh, like cool. I said, we can mail them, I can drop them off, or you can visit the shop. Excellent. Nice. Wow, you have to get those up online. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to wait a little, I've only had it a month, so I'm going to yeah. wait a little bit longer and then I'll 
Yeah, you definitely do that. To. I mean, they're going fast, so. Right. Well, that's I mean, the good news. The, the, the cool thing about the book is, in itself is you don't have to be from East Bridgewater to be enthralled by it. It's, right. There's so many cool th mm -hmm. things in there and some of uh, the, the pictures. It's just like I said, once again, I can't get over it. 500 pictures is mind-boggling, actually. So. I can't read a book with just words. I have to, <laughs> instead of figuring what something looked like, I have to say it. Yep, that's, that's why I always read Playboy. <laughs> nice. Nice one. Saying, yeah, or you got a big chuckle in the control room from that. Nice work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my for the God. articles, uh, yeah, for the articles. Yeah. For the articles, anyway. So, uh, anything else you want to add before we uh, say goodbye to you? In the show? I would like to say thank you for having me on the show, it was a pleasure. Oh, you're so welcome. Yeah, I was I'm really glad we finally got you here. <laughs> really interesting, actually. Been messaging him. So, you want to be on the show? Not yet, not yet. <laughs> Yes. I'm a busy, I work seven <laughs> days a week, so my schedule's oh, kind of, I don't have much free time for my, I get up at 4.15 every oh, morning, wow. so. Is that a real time? No, thank yes. you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's oh dark 30. Oh dark 30. Anyways. So we are getting to wrap you, and thank you so much thank for you. being on the show, and I hope that you sell all your books. Thank and you. Uh, I don't know if you're going to do another printing of them ever, but <laughs> we have, we, I had 200 printed. I do have the uh, thumb drive if I need more to print. So. Ah, well. And they're going quick, so. Awesome. Well, I think that everybody in East Bridgewater should get down there and beyond, and get your book. Get there your you book go. at Mrs. Swipson Mall. So thank you. Thank you very much. And we will see all of you again next month. And you know what next month is? Christmas. No. It's our sixth year show. Wow. Really? Congratulations. 72nd episode. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's ama uh, it amazes me. Congratulations. We haven't killed each other and we made yeah. it. That's <laughs> the counselor show. We have to bring a counselor in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have mediation. mediation. So, well, good night, everybody. And God bless. We will see you next month. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.